St. John's Orange presents the St. John's Podcast, proclaiming God's Word with intentionality and boldness to make a positive impact on our world. If today's message brings some encouragement or a resolve to more fully follow Christ, please leave us a five-star review, and please follow or subscribe to this podcast. Both of these simple actions help to increase our reach and will encourage others to listen. Now, open your heart to what God has for you today. Here's Pastor Trevor Van Blarkham. Well, welcome. It's good to see you. It's good to see you. No better place to be on a Wednesday evening during the season of Lent than right here at St. John's as we gather together to worship our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. We continue with our theme of repentance. This time we look at a repentance of change as we took a look at a man named Zacchaeus. And does anybody remember the uh, the song that they used to sing? Zacchaeus was a wheel. So you can come on forward. You're going to lead us in that before we start tonight. Yeah, it's one of those weird things where it really is probably the only thing we remember about him is that he was very, very small. And then we remember that he has a big change. And uh, as I got to study the text this week, I was really shocked at how much they look over one part about him being small and focus so much on just the change that he has at the end. But we'll do what we have been doing. We'll try to see the story through the eyes of Zacchaeus, and we will allow God's word to work in us as we spend some time meditating on it tonight. Again, we'll be doing the prayers of the litany, as well as singing songs um, and hymns as we gather together. So with that, at the ringing of the bell, we'll stand together and we'll begin our worship service.
ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourselves, not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interests of the others. In your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus, who being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing. By taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness. And being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. Please be seated. We're going to pray again tonight with the Litany of Humility, a series of challenging but important petitions in which we ask God through his grace to help us be truly humble. If you like, and you have been doing this with us for a while and recognize that you say the same phrase, deliver me Jesus, each time, it is okay to bow your head and pray it and hear the words and speak when it's your turn. If you like to read, you can of course follow along. As we pray, we ask Jesus to deliver us from the desire for people to see us in a particular way or light. And after each petition, we respond with deliver me Jesus. O Jesus, meek and humble of heart, hear me from the desire of being esteemed, from the desire of being loved, from the desire of being extolled, from the desire of being honored, from the desire of being praised, from the desire of being preferred to others, from the desire of being consulted, from the desire of being approved, 
we continue in prayer asking Jesus to deliver us from the fears that prevent us from living life with compassion for God, others, and ourselves. O Jesus, meek and humble of heart, hear us from the fear of being humiliated, from the fear of being despised, from the fear of suffering rebukes, from the fear of being defamed, from the fear of being forgotten, from the fear of being ridiculed, from the fear of being wronged, from the fear of being suspected. Amen. Tonight's scripture comes from Luke chapter 19 when Zacchaeus encounters Jesus. We see Jesus once again enter into a broken person's life a life this time that is broken because it would seem he sought wealth more than anything else. We see that he is clearly hated by others. They call him a sinner. He lives a life that is feels far from God because of who he has become and who he was born as. And yet we will also see a heart that longs in some way to encounter the Lord. And so if you notice in this story, Zacchaeus desires the smallest encounter with Jesus than any other person that we meet in the gospel. He doesn't desire a healing or a sign, not to raise someone from the dead, not for a conversation, or just to even touch the hem of Jesus' robe. He just desires to see him, see him even from a distance. And it would seem that that is enough for a life to be made new by Jesus. So let's let our hearts rest. Let's take a deep breath and slow down and become aware of the Lord and make time to rest in Him and the heart of God and in His Word. Jesus entered Jericho and was passing through. A man was there by the name of Zacchaeus. He was a chief tax collector and was wealthy. He wanted to see who Jesus was, but because he was short, he could not see over the crowd. So he ran ahead and climbed a sycamore fig tree to see him since Jesus was coming that way. When Jesus reached the spot, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, come down immediately. I must stay at your house today. So he came down at once and welcomed him gladly. All the people saw this and began to mutter, he has gone to be the guest of a sinner. But Zacchaeus stood up and said to the Lord, look Lord, here and now, I give half of my possessions to the poor. And if I have cheated anybody out of anything, I will pay back four times the amount. And if we try to imagine for ourselves for just a, a moment here, what it would have been like to be Zacchaeus. We try to imagine what it would have been like to try to push our way to the front to see, even though we know that that will never happen. The others who have already gathered are never going to let Zacchaeus get to where he could see, because he is short. The Greek says that he was a man of little stature, which we could infer would mean that he was a dwarf or a little person. Because of that, we know that it was believed that everyone with a physical deformity, be it blindness or something else, was considered a sinner, born in sin. We heard that in verse 7. Even worse, it was also believed that 
You were born that way because you were being punished by God. And so for his whole life, Zacchaeus would have been considered an outcast, a less than, not a whole person, but one who had been born in sin, looked down upon and not well liked. That and the facts that he chose to become a tax collector, the chief tax collector. And that would cause the Jews to hate him even more not just because they thought that he had turned his back on his own people and had sided with the foreigners, the invaders, and not because they just didn't like to pay taxes, but more so because as a tax collector, well, they made their profits on whatever extra they could get away with charging their victims, always finding a way to make taxes higher than they should be. And so if we consider Zacchaeus for just a little bit, maybe... It's no wonder he chose the profession he did to get back at them, to export, extort them, to cheat them. After all, growing up, he had been born a Jew, but he'd always be considered less, and others would laugh at him or, out of mercy, avoid him. Can we really blame Zacchaeus for becoming what he was, for doing the things that he did? And maybe somewhere along the way, Zacchaeus convinces himself that he doesn't need anything from these fellow Jews. He has everything he needs, everything he wants. Or did he? Because apparently, even though he was wealthy, he still felt like there was something missing. And as I poured over this text, I couldn't help thinking, why does he think that maybe that thing that is missing is Jesus? Why does, of all people, Zacchaeus desire to see Jesus? It's not like Jesus had a job and Zacchaeus could tax Jesus. What was he seeking? This is the only gospel that mentions Zacchaeus. He was wealthy. He could have used his influence to invite Jesus over. He could have sent servants to get Jesus, to ask Jesus any questions. But what was wrestling in Zacchaeus' mind where he would settle for a simple look at Jesus? As if looking at Jesus would make Zacchaeus better. I wonder if he thought about how Jesus is going to know everything he's ever done. How Jesus might say that he's not a real Jew because of what he's done to the others. What if Jesus tells Zacchaeus, there's no place for you. You were lost long ago because of what you've become, because of how you got your wealth. You know as well as I do, Zacchaeus, that it's easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter heaven. I wonder if Zacchaeus starts to think about his own body. How many times he had been told that because of his body, he could not approach the curtain, could not be near God, and he's well aware that it's the law in Leviticus that says that's the priest that can't do that, but tell that to the people who said it's not just the priest, Zacchaeus, it's you as well. You are away from God because of how you were born. And because there's so many people there and he wants to see them with his own eyes, the only way is if he takes off running and climbs a tree. And what happens every time he runs, they laugh at him. 
and watch him struggle as he tries to climb? Is seeing Jesus worth the embarrassment? And we can pause here because how many times have we heard whether our own voice or another's, how many times have we heard it say, why would Jesus want me? Why would God ever choose me? I mean, maybe he'd choose me if I could get it together. But I just can't seem to progress, can't get over the, the sin and the things that are holding me back. I feel like I'm stuck in the same old routines. I say that Jesus loves me and that I love Jesus, but does he really and do I really? Shouldn't I be better at following Jesus? Is it even worth it to keep reading, to keep praying, to keep coming to church? Does any of this even matter? Jesus is making his way and he's coming. And we turn to see that as the people are pressing on on them, Jesus making his way through the crowd stops right in front of a tree. And he looks up at Zacchaeus. What do you think he sees in Zacchaeus' eyes? What do you think you would see in Jesus' eyes? And then just a name is spoken. Zacchaeus. His name is called. Jesus knows Zacchaeus' name. Jesus says he wants to be with him. And Zacchaeus is transformed. Half of his possessions, four times back what they are owed. You remember David asked for four times, right? It's that Old Testament rule of paying back for wrongs. The response that Zacchaeus gives to Jesus, accepting him, calling him by name, is to be completely transformed in a moment. To let go of the things he had been holding on to, the things that he had been hiding behind, the stuff that had come to define his life. He by having his name called and being accepted, will give it away and pay back and make restoration. You know as well as I do that Jesus knows your name, has called you by name, has chosen to dwell inside you with his spirit, has united himself to you. The power that there is in being known by Jesus. And in the season of Lent, we find time to respond to being known. And so tonight I want to invite you to spend a moment as the worship continues to respond to being known. On the sheet that you were given, on the back side, you may write perhaps a relationship that you wish to restore. Perhaps the name of someone you wish to forgive or the name of someone you need to ask forgiveness for. Perhaps you want to write down somewhere to be involved, some way to help the needy. 
But rather, having, rather than having you stand up and say, here and now, I will do this, let this be a moment of repentance and reflection. What is it that has been holding you back? What is it that you would wish to give to your Lord Jesus? And you can write that down as we worship.
And the text concludes with these wonderful words of Jesus. Jesus said to him, today salvation has come to this house because this man too is the son of Abraham. For the son of man came to seek and to save the lost. Does salvation come because of what he has done? Or has salvation come by way of Jesus? Jesus who restores to Zacchaeus the dignity that he had thought was lost because of how he was born and because of what he had done. But the Son of Man comes to seek and to save those who was lost. He makes Zacchaeus part of the family and makes him whole. And salvation comes not because he bought it or earned it. And so with reverence, we come to our Lord for this is what we're asking of him in our lives. Transformation. The courage, the hope to bring our weaknesses, that part of ourself that weighs on us, that burden that we just can't seem to be able to free ourselves from and keep falling again and again into. The lack of progress or whatever it may be. We come because of the invitation that Jesus is present, that Jesus stays with us, that Jesus himself will transform us and will restore our dignity, open our hearts to the path of repentance and to be made new, to be given a heart like his because Jesus is our friend. Let's stand together and sing this one that we know very well. Every weakness 
we see with Zacchaeus that in repentance we become free. And our Lord, <laughs> it gives us exactly what we need. As we close our time of worship, we ask Jesus to guide us towards loving our neighbors before ourselves, and we speak these words together. As soon as the slide comes up. That others may be loved more than I. That others may be esteemed more than I. That in the opinion of the world, others may increase and I may decrease. That others may be chosen and I set aside. That others may be praised and I unnoticed. That others may be preferred to me in everything. And that others may become holier than I, provided that I may become as holy as I should. We pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. This podcast, along with all of our broadcast offerings, are listener-supported. Would you consider partnering with us with a gift? Visit stjohnsorange.org to learn more and stay connected.